You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Brian Sweeney was a 38-year-old defense contractor from Massachusetts and one of the 56 passengers aboard United Airlines Flight 175, one of the two planes hijacked by terrorists and flown into the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. When the plane made a sudden, unexpected turn just half an hour into its flight from Boston to Los Angeles, the passengers on board had no way of knowing that they would be a part of one of the most tragic events in American history. All they knew was that their plane had been hijacked, and they feared the worst. Knowing it might be the last thing he'd ever do, Brian Sweeney called his wife Julie from the plane but she was at work and couldn't answer her phone. In those last few moments before his death, Brian left her one final, heartbreaking voicemail. Julie didn't hear his message until she got home, hours after she'd already learned of her husband's fate. A year later, she released his voicemail to the public, hoping it would help other families in their grief. To this day, Brian Sweeney's words remain a haunting reminder of the nearly 3,000 people that perished that day. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Harvey. Today we're looking into the tragic death of Brian Sweeney on September 11th and the voicemail he left his wife only moments before. Brian David Sweeney was born on August 10, 1963 in Massachusetts. After finishing school, he became a U.S. Navy pilot and went on to work as an instructor at Top Gun in Miramar, California. Fitting, since his widow Julie Sweeney Roth described him as being like Tom Cruise, but with a goose personality. As she put it, he had the confidence of Tom Cruise, but he had this personality that you just wanted to hug him and love him. He was just that kind of guy. Brian and Julie met in Philadelphia in 1998, a year after he was medically discharged from the Navy, partially paralyzed from an accident. It was a suit bar, a hangout for businessmen after they'd finished work for the day. In other words, it was the kind of place where a guy like Brian Sweeney would stand out. He was six foot three, dressed in jeans, a denim button-up, boots, and a baseball cap, something that Julie later came to recognize as the Sweeney uniform. Julie saw Brian, turned to her friend, and told her, that's the kind of guy I would marry. Brian had the same attraction to Julie, and before long they were living together in Massachusetts and got married on Cape Cod shortly after. 
By early 2001, each of them had finally settled into a comfortable position in their careers. Julie was teaching, and Brian had found a job working as a defense contractor in Los Angeles. Certainly not close to home, but work only took him to L.A. for one week each month. The rest of the time, he was able to work from home. However, one of Brian's week-long excursions would, unfortunately, prove to be his last. On the morning of September 11, 2001, Brian Sweeney boarded a plane that he expected to fly him from Boston to Los Angeles. But United Airlines Flight 175 never made it to California. As Brian was boarding his flight that sunny Tuesday morning, Julie was heading to work as usual. At that moment, neither of them could have possibly known that they were about to become part of a tragic story that would change the course of American history. United Airlines Flight 175 departed at 8.14 a.m., but just over half an hour later, at 8.47, it suddenly changed course. At that same moment, another flight had also just taken off from Logan, American Airlines Flight 11 and it captured the attention of air traffic controllers after also going off course. As they were distracted trying to understand what happened to Flight 11, they failed to notice that Flight 175's transponder code had changed several times. No one on the ground knew that both flights had been hijacked by Al-Qaeda terrorists. And though the passengers aboard Brian Sweeney's flight had no way of knowing that their hijackers intended to crash the planes into the World Trade Center's Twin Towers, they feared they were never going to make it safely back to the ground. It was then that Brian Sweeney, sensing that the end was near and that this would be his final act. Use a seat-back phone to call his wife. This is the message he left for her. Jules, this is Ryan. Uh, I'm on an airplane that's been hijacked. And things don't go well. I'm looking good. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So have a good time. Uh, same to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you. And uh, I'll see you later. Hi, babe. I'll call you. Three minutes later, at 9.03 a.m., American Airlines Flight 175 slammed into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Julie had been teaching when Brian called and didn't hear his message until she got home. But she already knew what had happened to her husband. Brian's mother had called Julie hours earlier and told her that Brian had been on one of the hijacked planes. By the time Julie listened to the voicemail, the last words she would ever hear her husband say, Brian and nearly 3,000 other people had been killed and New York City was covered in a cloud of smoke. Looking back, Julie Sweeney Roth, who has since remarried and now lives in New Jersey, said she's thankful for that message from Brian. In an interview at the 9-11 Memorial and Museum, she said, You hold out this hope, especially for someone like Brian who this is a silly way to put it, was a warrior, and you just didn't believe that something like this could take him away. For her, there was some relief in knowing what her husband had been thinking in his final moments, without a shadow of a doubt. His voice had been calm, almost soothing, even in the face of death. That's why, in 2002, she shared Brian's message with the public, in the hopes that it might be able to help other grieving families heal. Grief can be isolating, but perhaps there's some comfort in knowing that you're not alone in your experiences, and knowing that other people are grieving the way you're grieving. It's been more than 20 years since 9-11. 
But many of the messages that victims like Brian Sweeney left for their loved ones have lived on and been heard by countless people who never knew them. Some who hadn't even been born yet, and likely, they will continue to be heard by future generations. Of course, Julie couldn't have known that her husband's message would be heard not just by those who visit the 9-11 memorial in New York, but by people all around the world via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and elsewhere. By hearing the final words of a man who almost certainly knew he was going to die, intimate words left for the woman he loved, we have a permanent reminder that the victims who died on September 11th, 2001 were real people, like us, not just names carved into a monument. And as for Julie herself, she certainly took Brian's final message to heart. She's lived a good life. She and her new husband have two children, and she volunteers at the 9-11 Memorial and Museum working to help survivors and keep the memory of Brian Sweeney alive. She later told People Magazine in 2018 that she was lucky Brian left her that voicemail. She told People that it, along with the connection she's made working for the memorial, has helped her to move forward. But she also clarified that moving forward isn't the same thing as closure. She told People, I don't use the word closure. I don't believe in it. People throw it out there all the time. You don't ever close the door to something like this. It's just one day at a time. That's all this life is, one second at a time. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.